Stewart, you're on FM 103.7 Finance today. Brett Hall is with us. Now, Brett, we're taking a look at the commodities. Yeah, that's right. So um, today we'll, we'll start off with the currencies. And um, as of today, the uh, one Australian dollar will buy you 0.752 uh, US dollars. So that's uh, just down, oh, sorry, up a little bit from, from last week. And uh, 0.56 Great uh, Britain pounds. And uh, so then also today in China, um, one US, sorry, one Australian dollar will buy you 5.01 um, uh, yuan. And then we'll go to the New Zealand dollar. Right. So one Australian dollar will buy you 1.05 uh, um, New Zealand dollars, so which is slightly down from last week. And then we'll go to the euro. Um, today it'll buy you 0.67 you know, euros. Okay. So then with we'll, oil, how are we going with the oil at the moment? Yeah, um, we'll, we'll come to that in just yeah. one one sec. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, so we're going to indices. That's all good. Yep. Um, so today the ordinaries. Um, so ordinaries actually been recovering quite well over the past couple of weeks. So it's up again this week to uh, five thousand six hundred and fifteen. So that's up almost one percent on last week. In the US, it's down slightly. Um, the Dow's down to eighteen thousand four hundred seventy-two. So it's down just over half a percent on last week. And the Nasdaq, um, 5,139, which is up 1% on last week. Now, uh, we go to the UK. Um, the FTSE is 6,700, uh, sorry, 6,750, which is uh, pretty flat from over last week and has been pretty flat the last couple of weeks. All right, then we go to Japan, the Nikkei. Uh, it's at 16,664, also flat on last week and up a little bit over the past month. Okay. And then uh, we're going to Hong Kong. The Hang Seng is at 22,218, which is up 1.5%. All right, then we go to fuel prices. Yes. Sounds good. Okay, so um, fuel prices this week, they're all down. So um, on the Central Coast, you can get unleaded at $1.19. In Newcastle, you can get unleaded for $1.15. And in Sydney, it's a dollar eighteen. Okay, so, maybe yeah. school holidays being over too. Maybe yeah, that's true. That's bit. true. So timing. In, timing in in Sydney, it's actually uh, down seven percent on last week. The yeah. fuel unleaded price. Um, we look at diesel. Um, diesel's pretty flat across uh, from last week. It's on the Central Coast, a dollar twenty in Newcastle, a dollar twenty two, and in Sydney, a dollar sixteen. Yes, good afternoon. You are listening to Finance Today. Brett Hall is here with us today. Also, we'll be catching up with Mandy Barton soon. But joining us is the man who is the senior commentator with Marcus Today Financial Newsletter. Good afternoon, Henry Jennings. Good afternoon. How are you this afternoon? Yeah, good, Henry. How are you? Good, Brett. Excellent. Very good. So the the market has been recovering well over the the past couple of weeks. We've had a spectacular July, to be quite honest. We're um, here. We are banging on the door of fifty six hundred, yep. um, and um, that's up sort of uh, three, four hundred points since the beginning of the month. So it has been a very, very good recovery yep. from all that tax loss selling yep. and um, the Brexit uh, debacle, yep. or the Brexit vote, anyway. So yes, it's been doing very well. And any, um, you think of any major reason over the, the past couple of weeks to? Um, I I guess, I mean, the the biggest uh, reason is that central banks once again have stepped back in and said, we've got your back. Um, The U.S. Fed came out last night and suggested that uh, rates were going to continue to be on hold for somewhat longer. Mm -hmm. Um, The RBA is moving towards a more um, uh, more sort of rate cut bias. We've got a big stimulus package from the Bank of Japan. The Bank of England has said they will stimulate if the U.K. economy falls over. So uh, the problem is there is no alternative, and I said this before on Sky TV, Tina, 
there is no alternative. And at the moment, the shares um, offer a good return, good mm-hmm. yields. And uh, when you compare it to bank deposits and other assets, um, it's um, it's kind of compelling. Yep, yep. And uh, so speaking of the uh, the rates in Australia, the RBA meets next Tuesday? Yes, they do. And so we, we had some kind of confusing CP, CPI numbers yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't really a kind of a clear cut, yes, you should cut, or no, we won't. Yep. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. It's probably line ball at the moment. I tend to think that Glenn uh, will probably stay his hand again. Yep. Um, we are such a, a gnat in the global um, kind of currency markets in mm-hmm. terms of the, our economy that um, I think he would be wise to, to save his ammunition if things got bad because at the moment you know, the Australian economy is going pretty well um, yep. all things considered. You know, you look at the US economy where they're talking that's going well and that's only a 2% uh, or 2.2% GDP growth and here we are around 3% with uh, you know, 5.7, 5.8% unemployment so it's not too yep. bad at all. Yeah, that's right, that's right. So, um, yeah, we might jump on to uh, maybe something a little more specific, um, company-specific, and mm. Fortescue share prices uh, jumped to a two-year two high. Fortescue shares are up um, around 140-odd percent um, mm. this year. It's been a remarkable comeback. Yes. Um, the company has done a terrific job in driving down the costs of production from its iron ore uh, um, operation in the Pilbara, yep. um, and now they're talking even in 2017 of getting those costs per wet metric ton down to around 12 or 13 US dollars, which mm-hmm. when you consider the iron ore price is still banging on the door of 60 bucks yep. uh, a ton US, um, those are pretty good margins that these yep. guys have got. Um, and where once the debt was seen as a, a big um, problem for Fortescue, they've been paying back debt um, in the last couple of years mm-hmm. at a significant rate. They've brought that debt down to under 40%. Um, and some of that debt they've bought back at discounts. Um, so they're going very well, and you would imagine that with all the cash they're throwing off in the next few years, um, they will start to pay some reasonably high dividends as well. Yeah. So what, what was their cost per tonne, say, two years ago? Oh, I, th- I, th- I think, well, the, probably the, um, the the measurement has changed a bit, but all these mm-hmm. guys have got it down to sort of from $25, $30 a tonne to, um, to pretty much half that. Yeah, which is um, amazing, isn't it? You know, they all kind of report it on a slightly different basis. You know, the 12 13 bucks that Fortescue report doesn't include a lot of the sort of head office costs and all those mm-hmm. sorts of costs that they others lump in. But, yeah, um, sure. You know, they've, they've cut basically, they, they've cut um, costs in half in the last couple of years. Yep. So that does this put pressure on, you know, Rio, uh, Rio Tinto and BHP in terms of their costs and, you know, well, these guys have been uh, these guys have been pretty aggressive with their cost cutting as well, mm-hmm. um, and you know ultimately there's probably only so much you can actually cut out of the business in terms of efficiencies. Yep. The rest of it comes down to the metallurgy and the geology of the resource that you've got. Mm-hmm. It does seem that when uh, Fortescue put their mine plan together, they were overly pessimistic or at least conservative on their assumptions they made on things like strip ratios, which. Um, now seem to be um, you know, really playing into their hand as they don't have to dig up as much dirt to process the same amount of ore. Um, mm-hmm. So those strip ratios become very important and increase yeah. those efficiencies. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm. All right, now um, moving on to Grain Corp. Oh, so dear. The share price had a, <laughs> had a yeah, significant fall early in the week. Yeah, well, unfortunately, they've got a big shareholder, uh, which is a sort of an overhang from uh, days gone by when Archer Daniel, which is a U.S. Uh, sort of grain uh, trader, tried to buy the company and was knocked back by the Australian government. They've got 
20% of the company. Yep. Um, and they tried to sell it the other night. And as, as they say in all the best sort of uh, House of Cards things, if you go out to kill the king, you've got to kill the king. Yep. And uh, they failed to kill the king because they couldn't uh, get a decent enough price for their shareholding. Yep. They were only bid $8. And as a result, the share price dropped um, dramatically yep. on the back of that because it was seen as a complete failure. Um, by the broker and the company, uh, Archer Daniels, to uh, to get out of their stake. The stock has bounced a little bit since, so um, it has. I mean, it's not really affecting the underlying performance of the company. So you would have to say that you know, if this overhang was um, sort of taken away, then you might see a more sustained bounce. But uh, certainly, dented confidence that there's not enough people out there prepared to pay a decent price for this um, yeah. crucial sort of twenty percent. Yeah, that's right. So have they indicated why they wanted to uh, reduce their, or get out of their ownership? Um, well, I guess having been knocked back in the past by the um, by the government on buying the whole company, this is probably sort of um, sticking in their claw a little bit in terms mm-hmm. of, um, you know, what are we doing with this 20%? It's not really doing as much good. Yeah. And yeah. we might as well take the money and move on. But yeah. I think, you know, you've got to ultimately actually take the money and move on rather than try and take the money and, and not move on. Yep, yep. All right, very good. Well, thanks, Henry. We're just going to take a quick break, and sure. uh, we'll be back shortly. We've got more of Henry, Henry Jennings joining us here this afternoon. Finance Today with Brett Hall at 2 and URFM. Good afternoon. You are listening to Finance Today with Brett Hall, and we return to our special guest, which is Senior Commentator with the Marcus Today Financial Newsletter, Henry Jennings. Hi, Brett. How are you again? Yeah, good, Henry. So, uh, so another company, again, uh, Woolworths. Um, <laughs> share price jumped this week. Yeah, I mean, Woolworths has been um, a, a sort of a family favourite, I guess, of a lot of... <laughs> Uh, mum and dad investors for such a long time and it has been a, a bit of a disappointment to say the least in the last few years as it really has taken its eye off the ball in its main business which is the supermarkets business. They've got a, mm. a new man in charge, Brad Banducci. Um, the market seems to be quite um, quite sort of positive on, on the moves that he's making. They're talking about the business restructure and of course um, they've written off a lot of money as well on their masters mm-hmm. um, and their big W and yep. easy buy which is an online thing. So that they're hoping, I guess the market's hoping that we're seeing um, a turnaround story in the making. Yep. Um, it's going to take a long time because it is a big company and it's probably a three to five year turnaround. Yep. But um, at least the, the oil tanker is pointing in the right direction <laughs> at the moment. So we I did have a big, big rise the other day. Yes. Um, a, lot of sh- a lot of investors have been, well, a lot of traders have been short the stock, yep. and we're expecting bad news and even maybe a capital raising to shore up the balance sheet. Yep. But um, that didn't eventuate, and it looks like the market was cheered by that, although you have to uh, wonder how long it will last given the competition in the sector at the moment. Yep, yep. Um, and so do you, do you think this is the the turning point? Do you think that it's... I, or is there still, you know, a lot um, of companies? I, I, I wrote back in May in the newsletter that I thought that was the turning point when they were around $20, $21, only because yeah. the supermarket business is such a, a great business that has been run badly that at some stage someone's going to be able to run it well again. Mm. Um, it looks like Brad Banducci is going to hopefully run it better, at least, um, than the previous CEO. Yep. Um, and maybe we'll get a greater focus on that business rather than the distractions of masters. But mm. they have got a long way to go. You've got Aldi competition. You've got Coles aren't going to take it lying down. Yep. And you've got potential that Lidl, uh, which is another German um, sort of Aldi equivalent, will come here as well. So yep. it's not going to be easy for them, but at least they're heading in the right direction. Yeah, that's right. And there's always uh, Metcash as well. And, of course, yeah, we, we always forget yeah. about Metcash. But, yep. yeah, there's certainly that, that competition as well. Yeah, yeah. All right, so um, AMP um, is winding up. It's all being forced to wind up. It's uh, trying to growth fund. 
Yeah, I mean, this is one that's um, been a perennial kind of disappointment, and it's mm. always traded as a bit of a discount to the um, the net tangible assets of yep. the fund. Yep. And as a result, there's a bunch of uh, shareholder activists that have been trying to uh, to wind the the company up, and we're um, we're very close to uh, a vote on winding that company up. The assets mm. are over a dollar. The mm. share price is around ninety cents. There is some risk, of course. Some of these assets aren't the most liquid because they're Chinese uh, A-class shares. Mm. Um, but Wilson's Asset Management and a number of overseas uh, hedge funds have been uh, pushing for it to be wound up. So hopefully um, there'll be some resolution. And But uh, AMP is clinging on to it because it's a good source of revenue and fees for them, of course. Yeah, of course. And I think that's probably one of the reasons, isn't it, some of the... The um, unit holders have been unhappy with the management fees, is that right? Yeah, I think, you know, it's always hard to uh, justify high management fees if the stock mm. is uh, trading at a big discount to cash. I mean, you're mm. effectively, um, you know, saying that something that's worth a dollar on paper, if you sell it, is uh, only fetching 80 cents in the market, which is not a good look. Yeah, and that, that difference between the, um, the the market value and the NTA, is that is that created because some of the stocks that, the, that are in the fund are illiquid and it's uncertain about the true value of those is that um i think well there's a little bit of that i also think there's um there is a sort of uh some of these listed investment companies do trade at a premium to assets some Mm -hmm. trade a discount the key to it is and where jeff wilson from wilson asset management has been very successful is communication with shareholders pressing the flesh and making sure they're happy so that there are mechanisms in place and there are sort of uh, PR exercises to enable um, you know, the market to realise their substantial value um, if these things trade at a discount. It is harder with Chinese shares because there is that um, kind of perception that it's harder to get out of, but certainly you know, these, are, these are big liquid shares um, or relatively liquid by their standards anyway. So mm-hmm. it, it shouldn't be too hard. It's not a massively, it's not like it's a $20 billion fund. It's only sort of $400 million or something. So it's yeah. not huge. No. Um, but it's, it's obviously depending on how liquid the assets underlying are. Uh, depends on really whether that's a premium or a discount. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, we talk about China a lot, and I read that, um, that, that China is, is now our biggest source of, of tourists um, coming to Australia. And um, I read that uh, we're on a bit of a, um, a boom at the moment in terms of hotel construction because of our growing um, tourism in Australia, and it's, it's sort of starting to become a bigger big contributor to our economy. I mean, it's a massive contributor. You only have to look at the uh, the Sydney airport numbers mm. um, to see that, that the growth from Asia is just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're seeing a number of uh, budget Chinese carriers as well coming into Sydney airport in the next few months. Yeah. Um, two of those um, Asian airlines have joined in with Virgin. So, you know, we're going to see a lot more of this. We are going to need more rooms mm-hmm. built. Stocks like Mantra Group um, should do well in event hospitality, should do well in that kind of environment. Yeah. And, of course, um, a lower Australian dollar also means that um, it is more attractive for visitors to come yeah. from overseas and spend their hard-earned one or, um, or U.S. dollars in our country. Yes, yes, which is quite interesting considering we've had Airbnb here for for some time now, which seems to be doing quite well and is quite popular. Yeah. That, that you know, there seems to be this shortage of, um, you know, tourist accommodation and, you know, and, and that Airbnb is, um, has absorbed that and we're still, we're still short, so I guess that's Well, testament. I guess, I mean, the problem is that there's, there's a long lag and it's, you know, you can't mm. put up a hotel <laughs> in a couple of weeks just to... Uh, just to feed into a conference market that suddenly boomed because four, 
know, there's a bunch yeah. of companies that put conferences down here. So yeah. um, it, it's very hard to uh, to keep up with, uh, you know, you don't want to get too far ahead of the curve because uh, otherwise you can get yourself into problems with debt and uh, and occupancy rates. But, mm. um, you know, Airbnb certainly is a, is a, is a kind of a shock absorber and a, a buffer in this. Um, I guess it remains to be seen how how popular it is for um, for Chinese tourists to actually uh, sleep on your floor. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and Airbnb has kind of morphed into more of a, a hotels.com kind of um, business with a lot more established businesses and established accommodation on Airbnb yeah. as opposed to just um, somebody's front room or uh, or spare room being available on a, on a nightly basis. Yeah, yeah. Very good. Well, thank you, Henry. Um, Always a pleasure, Brad. Yeah, we, we appreciate your time. My pleasure. Enjoy the rest of your week. Yep, you too. And we'll talk, talk next week. Newcastle and the Hunter Valley's 2 and you are FM 103.7. We're making our way through a Thursday afternoon. It is finance today. Brett Hall is here. And we're so pleased to welcome along from Human Services, we've got Mandy Barton with us. Yeah, hi Mandy, how are you? Hi Brett, I'm well, thank you. Very good, thanks for coming in today. Yeah. All right, so, um, so I hear there's some changes coming to the pension asset test next year. Yeah, there's um, quite a few changes coming in relation to the asset test in general. Mm -hmm. Basically what's happening is the asset test thresholds are being increased from Mm -hmm. the 1st of January 2017. And at the same time, the asset taper rate is also being increased. Now, what that means in, in plain English is the point at which a person's assets can be before it impacts their rate of pension Mm -hmm. is going up. Yep. But then if, if their assets exceed the new thresholds, the rate at which the pension is reduced is doubling. So yep. the pensions, the, that's resulting in the cutout points for the pensions actually decreasing. Yep. So for some people, that's actually good news. It's great news. Yep. Um, a huge amount of customers um, across Australia will actually see increases to their mm-hmm. rates of pension. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, some customers will have a decrease, but... Increases are great for customers. Yep. The idea is to target the assistance to those in need. Mandy, yep. before we go too much further, you are accept- accepting some calls today on 49216216. What area would you like to answer calls on? Oh, if customers have um, any calls in relation to these changes in the asset test, I'm happy to take calls. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Um, so how, how much is it increasing by? What's the... Okay, so to give you an example, um, the for... The asset test thresholds differ depending on a person as mm. to whether they're single or partnered mm-hmm. and then as to whether they're a homeowner or a non-homeowner. Yep. So to give you an example, the single homeowner asset threshold currently is $209,000. Mm-hmm. That's increasing to $250,000. Mm-hmm. So that's quite a... Quite yeah, a bit of a jump. And yep. the homeowner couple, the current threshold is 296500 and yep. on the 1st of January 2017, that's jumping up to 375000 mm, So okay. quite big increases. Yep. And then you're talking about the taper rate. So let's say um, uh, it, it's going to... So if, if someone has the assets of, say, 400, mm. um, it's in, in under the old, uh, I guess, test, um, they would have... Um, now they would probably be affected more if you're above the... You know, if you're, if you're above the... Yeah, absolutely. The there's test a, and yeah, there's a, a tipping point, if you like, within yep. the um, new legislation that um, people with the, uh, assets up to a certain level will actually yep. have increases to their pension under yep. the new rules. Yeah, yeah, very um. good. Um, so, um, what, what should people do? You know, if if they they're worried about their they're, they're going to be affected by these changes, or you know, because if if people's um, you know weekly income is going to change, they obviously like to to know what what that's going to be different. Um, 
they don't probably necessarily want to wait until the changes come in January and go, okay, wait and find out what the changes. Is there anything they can do in advance to these changes? Well, we're actually running the Financial Information Service. We're actually running a number of seminars across the area Mm -hmm. um, in coming months to help people understand the changes and they can then relate that back to their own situation. Um, So the Financial Information Service seminars are free. Anyone can go along. Um, Next week, we've got our first one actually running, which is on next Wednesday, the 3rd of August, out at Cardiff RSL. Mm -hmm. That one's at 10 a.m. in the morning. Um, We've got another one later in August at East Maitland Bowling Club. That's an evening session. But there's quite a lot of them um, through to to the end of the year. Um, And customers can go online to the Human Services website, um, which is just www.humanservices.gov.au, and um, search for Financial Information Service, and they can see all the seminars in their area. Mm -hmm. Um, Bookings are essential, but they are completely free of charge. Yeah, great. And and what happens if, if, I guess, people go and they get the information and possibly they still can't apply that to their individual circumstances. Is there some services that, that is there an opportunity to ask questions at those seminars or they can, can they call, they can go online, is there calculators online as well they can Yeah, I mean, use? there's certainly um, an opportunity to ask questions at the seminars. The mm-hmm. financial information service, we have um, a phone service, so customers can contact any yep. day and ask to speak to a financial information service officer. Mm-hmm. Um, and our staff would be more than happy to help people work through their situation and understand what, yeah. um, if any, um, changes will impact them. Because yep. it's very important to, for people to understand that this, this change in legislation is not going to affect everyone. Yep. Um, if someone's you know receiving a full rate of pension at the moment, then under the new legislation, nothing will change. They'll continue yep. to receive their full rate of pension. Yep, yep. And um, these changes, so when is it effective from 1 January 2017, is that? It is, yeah. The 1st yep. of January 2017 is when the changes come into place. Yep. Um, so customers don't need to do anything to have the changes applied to yep. their records. It will be the mm-hmm. automatic application of the new legislation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so is it just the um, the, the pension that, that's affected by, the age pension that's affected by um, no, these changes? No. So this change this change in the asset test um, legislation is actually impacting all pension customers, so age, disability and carer payment customers. Mm-hmm. But it's also great news for people who might want to be applying for our allowance payments, so new start allowance, parenting payment, because the increases in the thresholds is allowing people with a much higher level of assets who currently may not be eligible to become eligible from the 1st of January. Okay, that's great. All right, we might just take a, a quick break and then we'll come back and talk to many of you a bit more. We will. We'll continue. It's Finance Today here at 2NURFM. TUNURFM 103.7, finance today, now 9 to 1, and we did receive a call, and I just wanted to relate the information because the person's no longer on the line, but Anne from Toronto rang and said, what point does the pension cut out with a single homeowner, Mandy? Okay, so the exact cutout points at this stage are not quite known. The reason they're not known is the pension is indexed on the 20th September this year. So when the pension is indexed at that point, we will know the exact cutouts. But at this moment, they're looking at it tracking somewhere around $547,000 for a single homeowner being the new cutout point. Yep, and what about for, um, for a couple? A homeowner so, couple around yep. um, $817,000. Putting you on the spot there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so with these changes, do, um, do customers need to contact Centrelink? Um, is, is that important and do they need to do it? Okay, so in terms of the, the changes, they don't need to contact, contact to have the changes applied. They will happen automatically. But customers need to be really... Um, need to make sure that their records are up to date so that the changes are applied correctly. Mm -hmm. Um, 
they need to ensure that we're holding the correct balances for savings and investments, um, mm-hmm. account-based pensions, the depreciating the value of their cars and so on, which is something mm-hmm. that's commonly overlooked by pensioners. Yep. Um, and the best way to do that is for them to access uh, online services, our self-service, through their MyGov accounts, mm-hmm. and they can actually update all those details themselves online. Yep. Um, and um, so if they haven't got that online um, service set up already, yep. I guess that could be a bit daunting for some people to do that for the first time. Is there um, any guides on how they can get that set up um, or can they go in and get assistance to have that they set up? absolutely can. So if a customer needs assistance in um, establishing themselves with a self-service account, they can attend any office mm-hmm. and there are staff in the offices and we have computers available for staff to use. Um, we can give them a, a, some help with setting up and a quick lesson on how to make the changes to their own accounts online. It's yep. good to be able to do that online, but what about if you feel more comfortable with a face-to-face with a person? Okay, so in terms of um, updates, they can also contact to um, over the phone to make updates. Um, elderly customers sometimes do like to come into the offices, yeah. mm-hmm. um, so they can approach the Centrelink office um, and ask to speak to a customer service advisor. Um, of course, the first option for customers is self-service because they generally have no wait times. Yeah. Um, we can't guarantee how long someone may wait if they have to attend an office. Yep. So let's say someone wanted to come and visit you, for example, or one of your colleagues. Uh, so obviously they, they need an appointment to be able to do that? Absolutely. So to talk to the Financial Information Service, um, customers need to make an appointment so they can contact the retirements line, which mm-hmm. is 132300, and ask to speak to the Financial Information Service and an appointment can be made at their local office if they need to talk to someone face-to-face. Mm-hmm. Yep. So in terms of um, talking about you know, it's important, so with these changes, um, customers don't need to contact Centrelink and it will automatically happen, but what is important, they need to contact Centrelink to make sure that their details are, are correct because these new calculations will be calculated on the information that, that Centrelink is Exactly, that yeah. There's a, a bit of a misconception in the community. A lot of um, customers seem to think that once they're on a Centrelink payment and we've been advised of their details, that we then monitor that and keep it up to date. Yep. And that's actually not true. Mm-hmm. Uh, the customer needs to ensure that they keep all their details up to date with us. Yep. Um, this change, there is um, a mail-out happening with this change. So all um, customers, asset-tested customers, will receive a letter in mm-hmm. late September or early October, mm-hmm. notifying them that there, there is a change to the asset test. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just a general introduction to the fact that rules are changing. Um, in December, um, customers who are going to have their rate of payment varied will receive a second letter mm-hmm. telling them that their rate's being varied. Mandy, okay. you mentioned you're going out to the community. How often do you go out? And you, can you re-review those uh, places that you're going to soon where people yeah. can come along? Yeah, we... Um, we do our seminars regularly and we've got one next week, the 3rd of August at Cardiff RSL, 10am. You need to book into that. Um, 136357 is the number or they can go onto the website and have a look. Um, before we wrap up, I know we're running out of time, I did just want to say um, customers who are being cancelled as a result of this change in legislation are going to be automatically granted a low-income health card um, which is given to them free from any income testing. They don't have to apply from it for it. And customers who are being cancelled who are over age pension age will get both the low-income health card and a Commonwealth Seniors health card free from any income testing. So mm-hmm. customers cancelled on the 1st of January as a result of those changes will be given that health card free from any income testing. And is that, is that automatic as well? Automatic. Yep. Yes, they don't okay. need to make application. Yep. So it really just is the, the key is making sure the information that's in have um, about you in, in terms of your assets 
is up to date and, and that's the, the I guess the key message. And before we let you go, can I get that phone number off you again one more time that people can call for a booking to reserve to come along to uh, your to the seminars? seminars? They yep. can call the Fizz Seminar booking line on one three six three five seven. Okay. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. And Brett, thank you very much. Thank you. Great job. There you go. That is Finance Today. Mandy Barton joining us and Brett Hall here at 2NURFM. And, of course, we do Finance Today every Thursday afternoon from midday to 1 o'clock. Coming your way soon, Julian Campbell with Business, the Law and You. That's following our local news from the Hunter Newsroom at 1 o'clock this afternoon.